Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's Chris here with the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta, uh, also with WSFullSteamAhead.org, as most of you know. Uh, today we have a very interesting and informative little show here, I guess you would call it. Um, we're going to be talking with uh, Mike from ICOR Blood Services. Uh, and the reason we're doing this is because, uh, as most of you already know, there are uh, pop-up blood testing clinics happening across Alberta. Uh, they're following suit of a little town in northern Alberta called Lacrete. And if any of you have seen my hashtag, be like Lacrete, there's a reason I put that there. So what Lacrete did is, uh, well, well, first of all, let's, I'll give you a little backstory on Lacrete. So Lacrete is a, uh, I think they have about 7,000 people in their community. It's a Mennonite community in northern Alberta, like way, way northern Alberta, up by high level. Um, they work together as a community frequently. They keep to themselves. They take care of their own. And when the government came in and told them that they had to destroy their businesses and uh, um, uh, stop going to church and stop gathering, it only took them a couple months before they realized, hey, something's wrong here and we're not subscribing to this fear campaign. So they went on with their lives. Uh, HS tried to shut their restaurants down, tried to shut their churches down and all that jazz. You know, you know the drill. Um, but they didn't comply. They kicked AHS out of town. And since then, they've been taking care of their own and uh, and not really following the restrictions. Now, you might be thinking, holy crap, they must have had a terrible time with COVID up there. Is their bodies piling up in the street? Well, no, there actually isn't. Uh, last year, they had less people die than uh, the, the year before that there was no COVID. Um, so no, there were no bodies piling up in the street. People got sick, people went to the hospital, people recovered and went home. Yes, they did. Um, and the other interesting point about Lacrete is they have the lowest vaccine uptake in Alberta. I think they're sitting around 23%. So what they did is they, out of their own pocket, hired i Blood Services to come up there and do some testing. And they weren't testing people for COVID. Uh, they were testing people for antibodies uh, to show who had previous COVID infections and who had natural immunity. Um, and yes, they did test some vaccinated folks as well, and they showed immunity. Um, but the key is, 89% of the people tested in Lacrete had antibodies protecting them against COVID-19 and suggesting that they had a previous COVID infection. Well, of course they did, otherwise they wouldn't have the antibodies. So lowest vaccine, vaccine uptake in Alberta, never followed any restrictions. 89% are uh, have natural or man-made immunity and life goes on. There is no pandemic in Lacrete. Hence my hashtag, be like Lacrete. Every town in Alberta should be like Lacrete. We should all be doing this. Um, and I'm going to bring uh, Mike on with ICOR. I'll let him introduce himself. And he's going to kind of give you an idea of what Lacrete did. And then we're going to talk about the details of what they're doing in other communities across Alberta after. So, hey, Mike, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, Chris. Hey, everybody. So, um, I'm I'm gonna let you introduce yourself because uh, I, I I know who you are and your position within ICOR, but uh, I'm sure there's more that I'm missing, and I'd like to know a little bit more about you too. So if you don't mind, let's uh, if you can just tell us who you are and what you're doing. Sure thing. So so I'm Mike Kuzmeskis. Um, I am born and raised Calgarian, uh, Albertan, 37. I have a mechanical manufacturing, mechanical engineering degree from uh, University of Calgary, uh, Master's of Business from University of Calgary. 
uh, as CBC so eloquently pointed out in their uh, article on CBC, I'm not a medical professional, I'm not medically trained, so therefore I don't know what I'm talking about with this. Uh, but I come from a position where uh, I had the opportunity uh, to start up a medical services company two years ago. And the purpose of this company originally, uh, pre-COVID, was to bring, um, I would say, improve access for healthcare for Albertans. So my, my unique situation was I had a, a requisition from my doctor for lab work uh, for, as part of an annual physical that sat on my desk for must have been a year. I'd either try and walk into a facility and have to wait for 45 minutes and get frustrated and leave, or I'd book an appointment and then a meeting would come up and I'd have to reschedule and I just couldn't get lab work done. And so I found myself thinking there has to be something, there has to be an option, you know, a better way to do this. And so you look at Ontario has some home care services, you know, BC has a little bit, but Alberta's is uh, with AHS is really, it's really constrained and limited to people that are um, very immobile, not able to leave their homes. So the option for somebody like myself to say, hey, you know, I, I wouldn't mind paying 50, 100 bucks out of pocket to have somebody come to my house and, and draw my labs um, so I can get my blood work done conveniently. You know, I get, you know, two kids and I just can't get away. So that's why we started the company. Um, and and we're, we're doing that a little bit of that today, but as you all know, COVID kind of took over. And so we pivoted uh, right into COVID testing back in April of 2020. And we were the first company in Canada to do antibody testing. Uh, I recognized early where this was gonna be going uh, it hasn't gone the way I thought, but I recognize where this is going to be going. And so we were the first ones offering uh, antibody testing. And we ended up building the company off of that. Um, if you Google, you know, COVID antibody testing and, and any of the cities we're in, you know, we dominate that. So that's sort of the foundation that we have um, from there. Obviously, we're trying to fill the need that people that needed testing for travel purposes or any other asymptomatic testing, um, the, the system is what it is. So we've been we've been providing a lot of that as well. Uh, and then recently here in July, um, our, our status growing as it has, we were able to get some really interesting conversations with some with some big players and some big labs. And one of those labs is uh, Mayo Clinic uh, Laboratories down in Rochester. I think a lot of people are familiar with with Mayo Clinic, one of the world's uh, one of the world's leading labs. Um, pretty disappointed in their uh, recent announcement of of layoffs of unvaccinated people, um, but. I'll have to park that one to the side for a little bit. Uh, so started working with Mayo Clinic in July and they have this interesting test uh, called the semi-quantitative spike protein antibody test. So what it does is measure your um, response to COVID-19 in the form of antibody titers. It essentially gives you a score from zero to 250 uh, as to how, how strong your antibodies are essentially. Um, the, you, you can actually have scores in excess of 250. Some labs in the States like LabCorp, you know, they can, they can dilute samples and, and take that up to eight, nine, you know, a thousand, get your actual score. Uh, but most labs have um, agreed on the fact that there's diminishing returns after 250. So whether you have a 250 or whether you have an 800, your level of protection uh, is marginally better. And it's really not worth spending the extra money um, to do that extra level test. So that's where we have, we have the test. We've been doing it since July. Uh, we've been offering it in our, uh, our five Alberta offices uh, to date. So we have offices in Calgary, uh, Edmonton, Red Deer, Medicine Hat, and Fort McMurray. And um, to date, I'd say we've done about 12,000 tests through all of our offices. And what you've seen over the last few months is uh, obvious, as you would expect, is an increasing trend in, uh, in antibody positivity. So when people take our tests, we ask them to confidentially disclose their vaccine status. And it's, it's a leap for a lot of people. Uh, but I think once they understand sort of what I'm about and what our company is about, um, you know, they, they feel pretty confident that we're not going to be ratting them out to AHS for, you know, th this is strictly for I-Corps purposes so we can provide some of this data. 
and so we have we have these you know disclosures and uh what we're seeing right now is that in our even in our urban centers people that are in, in calgary and in red deer you're seeing about a 60 percent positivity rate in unvaccinated people uh in those in those urban centers so urban centers would have um locked down a lot harder they would have they would have adhered to social distancing and masking a lot a lot more so you would have likely seen less circulation of the virus in your urban centers compared to your rural centers so lacrete uh you know reaching out to us to say hey we're a tight-knit community a bunch of us got sick we're pretty we're pretty sure it was it was covid but um you know we can also read medical papers and we understand what natural immunity is all about so can you come test us and so you go into these these rural communities that are very tight-knit you know everyone's getting together all the time church on sundays all that stuff um yeah they came back 89 uh, percent positive among uh we did we did 1219 or sorry 1230 tests uh and 900 odd of those were were unvaccinated people and 89 percent were uh were positive for antibodies so i don't like to step out of my lane right i'm not a as people have adequately pointed out i'm not an immunologist i'm not a vaccinologist i'm not an epidemiologist I'm, I'm just a, a guy who owns a business so all i can do is is point to the data and point to the information that i have on hand and so the last um two weeks with omicron coming in i think things have changed dramatically and i think it's worth pointing out to this group two things uh, that have come across my radar in the last two days um, that i think are fascinating that people need to know and understand why i'm so passionate about doing these testing and why i'm so passionate about getting into these communities and giving them uh, empowering them to do their own their own testing so the first one would be the um, Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla yesterday, uh, basically coming out and saying that the the first two doses uh, of the vaccine offer little to no protection against Omicron. So if you just had your first two doses, but you don't have your booster, for all offense and purposes, you're you're unvaccinated at this point. And um, it's interesting that he said that because uh, I've taken a lot of heat for repeating things that certain doctors have said because I'm I'm a rig hand burger flipper. Um, sure. Why am I talking about medicine? Well, you don't have to be a doctor or a scientist to use your brain and use logic and common sense to come to a conclusion about something. So when we when they first rolled out this vaccination campaign and they were talking about we needed to get 80 percent people vaccinated and then we'd reach herd immunity, we'd never have to deal with COVID again. There were people screaming from the rooftops. This type of virus cannot be vaccinated away. It's an upper respiratory infection. It won't work. We're going to see more infections, blah, 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 blah. People said they're conspiracy theorists. And now we're in that realm right now. Right. So th this is not it's not out of the out of the blue. Like th we knew this was going to happen. And uh, yeah. I, just, uh, I just had to point that out. Yeah. So, I mean, you're spot on. I mean, I've lost most of my Canadian friends. I live in Mexico now, as you as you know, like I, I've had my own sufferings through this, trying to trying to maintain my own um, beliefs and, and, and stick true to what I know to be to be fact. Uh, so, you know, he comes out and he says the first two doses are uh, basically useless. Uh, if you have a booster, it offers uh, basically good protection for keeping you, I'm just trying to read it here, good protection from keeping you uh, basically out of the morgue and adequate or okay protection uh, for keeping you out of the hospital. And then meanwhile, on the flip side of that, you have this preprint study that came out of Qatar yesterday that, that's that been measuring um, basically vaccinated versus unvaccinated cases and response as things have moved along. And you know we can post this to your, your Facebook after so people don't think I'm pulling stuff out of my butt. But the conclusion on this study, uh, I'll just read it verbatim. Protection afforded by prior infection in preventing systematic reinfection with alpha, beta, or delta is robust, 
at about 90%. So vaccine efficacy is below 90%. We know that for all these previous strains. While such protection against reinfection with Omicron is lower, it's still considerable at nearly 60%. So natural immunity against Omicron is 60%. And according to the Pfizer CEO, vaccines are useless at this point, unless you have your booster, which is marginally better. Prior infection protection against hospitalization or death at reinfection appears robust regardless of variant, which is how the immune system works. So I'm not making claims about science I don't understand. I'm reading a paper that's on the internet for everybody to see. I don't understand how we're still here. I don't. This is so in a contrast to this, I just couldn't help myself. I decided to see what, what Henshaw had to say. And yesterday in the Globe and Mail, she says, Dr. Henshaw says vaccinations remain the best protection against COVID-19. Almost 90% of eligible Albertans over the age of 12 have at least one dose of the vaccine. But that's so not I what the science is telling us. And I, I had a judge actually look at me and say, Mr. Scott, you need to start following the science. And since then, I've been following the science and the science has directed me away from the path that our government's on. <laughs> and I'm not, there's a lot, people, a lot of people smarter than me in the government. So, um, so listen, I mean, I, I went on the, the I've chatted with Sean Newman now a couple of times. So I went on his podcast again here. I think it was last week. Right. And, and I, I broke down the numbers. Uh, all I can do is use numbers. So I use government data. I, I look at the Ontario government data because they have very good data. And Ontario government data right now is showing what 74 percent of hospitalizations are from vaccinated people. So it's basically backing up what the Pfizer CEO was saying is it doesn't doesn't do anything. Uh, Alberta data. Um, I've based all my decisions on on that. So when I look at and I crunch the numbers for myself based on number of tests, you know, mortality by age range, by healthiness, um, I have myself as a 37 year old who's healthy with no pre-existing conditions. I have a one in 50,000 chance of of dying from COVID, uh, and that's in, that's assuming that the test numbers are not um, low, which they are, because people have learned to not go get tested because you end up you know, in, in basically in COVID jail and, and that whole system. So it's actually far less. So, um, you know, you can, you can listen to the Sean Newman podcast where I go through all this and I talk about the ages. Now I'm not anti-vax. I hate when people, just because you're, you're pro-freedom, you're all of a sudden anti-vax. My parents, I've encouraged them to get it because they're, they're in their mid seventies. They have some health issues. And if you look at the data statistically, they're about a 7% chance um, of, of dying from COVID. So I told them, I said, listen, whether my opinion on, on these vaccines aside, um, they showed efficacy early. You can't deny the curves in keeping people out of the grave. So in your boat, the benefit cost analysis of this, if you want to take the shot, if you want to take the booster, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stray you away from that. It might make sense in your case for your specific demographic, but what we're doing going down the path of, of mandating vaccines, uh, especially in children, it makes zero zero sense and that's why we moved our family out of canada because there's no way somebody's putting that thing in my in my kid's arm i'm just not going to have it not until there's there's reason to do so so that's my I, I, i've said the same thing like how how dare how dare a parent and sometimes uh, i i speak and i know i'm going to piss people off but how dare a parent do something to their children that could harm them and doesn't help them in order to protect themselves like i would never do that Maybe there's other reasons. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure everybody or some people do some sort of a cost benefit analysis in their decision to get their kids jabbed. Um, but I really don't see the benefit. And I've been very vocal about that. One thing I really have to touch on quick here is one of the things that I've realized throughout this journey is that unfortunately, 
I have to fight misinformation from both sides. So the pro-freedom and the anti-freedom side both send out a lot of misinformation. And one of the things that's been sent out on this side, on my side of the fence, is that the COVID virus has never been isolated and therefore, why are we doing this? Okay. Last summer, there was somebody who was in court and tried to ask a question of the court. Um, they, they, They demanded that AHS and Dina Hinshaw provide a sample of COVID, the COVID-19 virus in a manner that it can't exist. Okay, it's called a frustrated question in, in, in court. The question can't be answered. Um, yes, COVID does exist. It's very, very obvious that it exists. All you have to do is look around you. Um, I mean, we know people get sick. We know, I'm sure everybody knows somebody or themselves who has been sicker than they ever have in the last two years. Um, uh, my friends have called it the worst flu they've ever had, but it does absolutely exist. And for those of you that are saying it hasn't been isolated, so why are we doing this? Please, uh, get off certain Facebook pages and do a Google search. There are electron microscope pictures of the COVID virus. Like it exists. It's been sequenced. There's all sorts of physical evidence to suggest that COVID actually exists. So that's important because um, the first step to solving a problem is understand that you have one. Uh, If you're going to bury your head in the sand and say there's no problem, we're never going to fix it. So I hope that answers the people's questions who are saying, why bother? Because COVID hasn't been isolated. Uh, That was all a a farce. It was a lie. It was a scam. It didn't exist. Or or, pardon me, it, it does exist. And you, you need to wrap your heads around that and move forward in a constructive manner. So that's that's really all I got to say about that. Yeah, it's fair commentary. I mean, um, you can't deny there's been, you know, increased. It, basically, the whole population is getting sick with with symptoms that we've never really seen before. I think what happened is that society chose to put a name on this one, right? They put, they chose to put a label on it, um, and then and then you have your media do their usual death tickers and your count tickers and this is one thing that really bothers me right now that that has bothered me since we started vaccinating is why i know you know the pcr test being what it is why are we still using the case count right case as our, as our success metric it doesn't mean anything you could have a hundred percent well shit, ontario's close you could have a hundred percent vaccination rate and still have skyrocketing cases case count is is a, is a is a media way to keep people's attention and it doesn't make sense if you want to focus strictly on hospitalizations and deaths related specifically and caused specifically by what we're dealing with you'll have me on board but and using if, case if counts of fifty-eight thousand new cases in ontario well that's a the purpose number. of vaccinating was to was to keep people out of the hospital and out of the morgue and that's what people signed up for great why are we still if they can t- still test positive why are you counting that Right. That's why I really struggle with with the, the narrative here. And if if you don't believe us regarding the uh, uselessness of case counts, ask yourself this. What would happen if the province of Alberta tested everybody for cancer? It would be a very, very high number because most of us have cancer in some sort, some form existing within our body right now. Does that mean that we we have cancer? Well, technically, yes, but we are not symptomatic of cancer. Same thing with measles and mumps. There, there were studies where people, um, the, the, the real anti-vax group, um, they had outbreaks of measles and mumps, and they had only ever been around people who were vaccinated against those things. So the data suggests that even though you're vaccinated, you, 
possibly still could have these things, but be asymptomatic. So the idea of testing everybody and getting these, these huge case numbers is ludicrous. If we tested everybody in Alberta for cancer and 90% came back, um, asymptomatic people with cancer, what message would that send? Right. It's just, a. Uh, it's it's scary if you believe that a case count correlate or a, a case correlates to a person being diseased or sick. If you bother to pay attention to the science and understand what an asymptomatic carrier is, it's actually a good thing because those asymptomatic people who were counted as a case are also developing natural immunity to that virus. They're just not getting sick and spreading it to other people. So that's a really, really good thing. So if you wanna, if you wanna have some hope and some positivity today, think about this. We have huge surging case counts. That is a good thing as long as people aren't dying. And that's what we're seeing right now. Huge case counts. Well, yeah, that's what, uh, you know, that's what I was trying to, when CBC reached out, you know, they did the Lecrete piece, the original one where they, they went in, inside the um, lowest vaccinated place in the province. So first of all, uh, they were talking about Mackenzie County that has about 23%. I think Lecrete itself talking to um, Chamber of Commerce is probably under 10, right? It's just not, it's not a thing there in Lecrete. But so they do the original piece on the Crete and they say, hey, you know, in, in a sense, look at all these un, un, unvaccinated, irresponsible people that are the cause of all our problems. So then the Crete does what they do and they have they have data to say, hey, um, you know, we're actually better off than than urban centers. Look at us. Um, CBC reached out to me uh, and I provided that data to them. And the intent of me doing that, I thought, was that we might have a road to recovery. We might have a, a win, a collective win that we can all celebrate and say hey maybe we're not as bad as we thought maybe we don't need to go to the 17th lockdown and, and knock you know jimmy's coffee shop out of business again and instead they took that and they they brought on a bunch of experts you know epidemiologists and so forth uh, and they flipped it and they basically said i'm just a mechanical engineer i'm no medical training i don't know what i'm talking about they said the test results um the valid the, the validity of the test results should be called into question because the tests were paid for out of pocket <laughs> rather than with government from money, a, which is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. From a media company that's subsidized in the billions of dollars from yeah. the Canadian Media Fund and pushes the federal government narrative nonstop. How ironic. Yeah, so I mean, I, I read that article and I just, I, it, I mean, it, I was blown away. I was like, you just took a win and you turned it into a loss. For absolutely no reason. So they've, they've complete, they've, you know, I'm not going to be doing much of them anymore. Anyway. Um, yeah, CBC so, and CTV do hit pieces. I've been interviewed more times in the last two years than I can count. And I record interviews. Uh, I learned very early to record them. And when they do hit pieces on me, I actually just play them side by side just to show how ridiculous the the journalism is coming from a uh, subsidized media company. Yeah, that's pretty sad. So, um, you know, I guess let, let's talk about where we are and what we're, what we're doing here. So... Um, Lecrete kind of, they did their thing. They posted it on their Facebook page and it blew up, obviously. Um, within a day or two, um, they were getting calls and I was getting calls from a lot of small towns around around Alberta saying, hey, we, we want to do the same thing. We're probably in the same boat. So what I've, especially with what I just talked about with, with Pfizer and, and Hinshaw saying the opposite thing and the vaccines worth nothing. I mean, it's become pretty clear to me um, that people are going to need to do a little bit of their own work here to get ourselves out of this thing. They can't wait for the government to turn the switch off. So 
um, without directly um, contravening, you know, AHS mandates. Our job is to, all I'm trying to do is, is bring awareness to a topic here and using data to bring awareness to a topic. We, we talked about natural immunity months ago and, and Premier Kenny said, you know, it's good. We'll have to look into it. You know, Anthony Fauci keeps saying, yeah, natural immunity is good. We just don't know how to deal with it right now. It's, it's tricky logistically, which is, you know, so by, by doing what we're doing, you know, LaCrete was the first one. We've already booked follow-ups in Three Hills, Grand Prairie, Lloyd Minister. I'm talking to, you know, a, a bunch of other places right now, Drayton Valley. If we can go from from rural community to rural community and grab a decent size of the population and show, you know, numbers in excess of 70 percent, 75 percent numbers in excess of vaccine effectiveness, basically, um, you can have data and you can have data to show, hey, we have a very high infection rate among our unvaccinated. The data and the statistics and the studies and the papers show that that is worth an equivocal standard of protection to vaccines if not more you can argue that it's more um please leave us alone right we don't feel that we need to lock down and put masks on our kids and shut schools and isolate everybody and destroy social uh bonds and mental health we we think we should be able to 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 make a judgment call for ourselves based on based on the data so i think it speaks well um people generally i believe both sides vaccinated and unvaccinated they want to get behind this listen we tell people all the time that are vaccinated we're, we're not an anti-vax company where we just deal with unvaccinated people if you're vaccinated right and you're you got vaccinated presumably because you're concerned about covid come in and get an and get an antibody titers test with us and see see where your levels are before you decide to get your booster maybe you don't need to get your booster maybe you can put that off for a few months Maybe you're going to be like, you know, the 10% of people that come in and walk out with zeros that are vaccinated. They have a, they have an immune response problem and they don't actually develop protection. Like, yeah, they're walking around assuming that they're protected. Yeah, right. So, so it's it's a useful test, and I'm I know there's all these papers and all these these articles saying that the antibody test is flawed and it shouldn't be used, and and there's risk of false positives. And yes, I know, I get it. But if a company like Mayo Clinic Laboratories who takes themselves very seriously and they have one of the top quality. We work with a lot of labs. There are no labs that have the quality threshold that these guys have for, for, for samples and specimen. They don't. So if they are offering this test, it's because they believe in the accuracy and the usefulness of this test, regardless of what their stance is on, on employees that are unvaccinated. They, they offer this test because they believe it is useful, like all their tests. So take that for what it is and let's start testing people. Right. Let's let's get a gauge of where we actually are instead of going into another wave with a with a March. You know, Pfizer said we'll have a one point a version 1.1 targeted for Omicron ready by March. Why don't we figure out where we are before we start another round of this? And that's all I'm trying to do. So, um, you know, we're happy we're working with with organizers. Um, you know, town or, 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 or hamlet or village leaders, uh, chamber of commerce, you know, anybody who's really connected that can get the word out. If we can get four or 500 people um, committed at, at a town, we'll come by for a couple of days. We'll, we'll do all the sample collection. We work with local medical lab assistants and, and lab techs, right? They'll, they'll, they'll jump in and help us out so that we can have a few extra needles there for a few days to get more people through. Um, oh yeah, Drayton Valley. Uh, in the works, I'm working on it. Uh, no, no date yet. Um, 
So it's a great model. The, the only unfortunate part for me is that we're not we're not a big enough influential enough company that we can really make it make a dent in Alberta, right? I mean, we're going to be able to go every week, cover off a place, do a thousand, twelve hundred tests every week here, there, here, there. And the only purpose of that is going to be to collect data. And we have to rely and hope that our, our politicians um, pay attention. I see Wild Rose Alliance has picked up some of our data from the Creed and they're now pushing the government to start testing. So that's all we can hope for is that we just keep getting traction and keep pushing the conversation and pushing the conversation. So one of the questions I get a lot um, regarding this is why, and I'm going to use an analogy here that everybody's probably familiar with. Um, if you have a problem with your car and you bring your car to the shop and that, and the shop and the mechanics start changing out parts and costing you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars without doing any diagnosis, how mad would you be? That's what our provincial government is doing. They haven't really done a diagnosis to determine the state of, uh, of immune, natural or vaccinated immune protection within Alberta. And yet they are forcing us to restrict, affect our kids, jab everybody in sight, but they haven't done the appropriate diagnosis yet. So this is one of the benefits of living in a free country, in a free market, is men like Mike can identify a problem um, and offer a solution. And yes, of course, they're going to make some money. That's what business is about. But the nice thing about that is, Mike, I'm sure that your company makes money doing these tests, correct? We do. It's, it's actually not as profitable as you might think. I mean, as I was telling Sean Newman, we're the only ones in Canada that are offering this test privately. Uh, I would be able to charge 500 bucks for this test and get that and be fine. And I'm not, right? We're charging 120 bucks, which is our cost plus our people plus a little bit of profit margin. That's any and, that, and that's so, fair. You know, you, you ca capitalism is not evil. And you, if you're providing a service that people need, um, they should be happy to pay for it. Now, the reason I bring up this point um, is because you're a private company and you have multiple positive reasons why you want to participate in this type of testing. First off, um, you identified early that there was an issue with what the government was doing and you wanted to help shed some light on... Uh, on on the data and second you're able to earn a, earn a living and earn, earn an income doing it that's a good thing and that's why men like mike do things like this because the government won't do it because it doesn't benefit them the only re way this type of testing will benefit the government is if we as citizens put so much pressure on them and we tell them look we want to know what's going on we want the data we want to see it before we allow you to do any of this stuff to us again. But the government doesn't have a vested financial interest to do this. So that's uh, that's that that's the reason why the government isn't doing it as far as I'm concerned. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I don't know, it seems logical to me. So yeah, and I think, on I that think it's note, important. I was gonna say, I, I know I have to jump here in a few minutes, but I think it's also important to know that, um, you know, we are more than just, just this. So as part of these pop-up clinics, we've, We've actually started launching a number of other tests as well. Um, so the other five that we offer, we have a D-dimer test to check for clotting factors. Um, we're starting to get people come in and see this D-dimer, and I'm very interested to see where that data is going to be sitting in a few weeks. I want to uh, early see that. Yeah, early indications that there 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 may be um, uh, you know an, an increase in D-dimer levels for vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Right? We know clotting is a is a sub uh, is a side effect of a lot of these vaccines, and it's a cumulative effect. So my concern is by rolling out booster four, five, six, and seven uh, on a cumulative effect that we're headed down a dangerous path. And so I, I really want to see some of this D-dimer um, come back. We also offer total testosterone. We offer follicle-stimulating hormone for fertility check for women, vitamin D, um, prostate cancer. 
We have prostate cancer screen as well. So for these clinics, primary driver is getting the antibody testing done. But while we're there, and since we're already there, throwing an extra tube in someone's arm, um, you can offer all these other tests as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, where do we go from here? I don't know. I hope I hope Alberta rallies behind this. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to make a name for myself and get famous, and you know that's not what this is about. I just I, I got kicked out of my own country. Basically, I'd, I'd love to see Canada bring itself back. Um, we're just headed down a really bad path right now, and and if I can do a little bit to to help present the other side of this i have no problem doing that i'm more than happy to do that well i agree and we are, we certainly appreciate it so i think i only got you for a couple more minutes so i'm just going to get some quick questions out there uh first off uh what about people who can't afford the test what do we got set up for yeah them? for sure i mean i understand you're in, you're in a position where um two years of lockdowns uh potentially unemployed lost your business i get it so the way we've set this up um and, and the booking forms they're all they're all basically the same for each for each location uh, there's there's sections to it. So there's a subsidy section. So right at the top, there's a subsidy section that allows people to add themselves to a wait list um, for for subsidized testing. It does not allow them to book a time slot or anything yet because we don't know what kind of funds are going to come in. And then in that same sub subsidy section, there's a corporate sponsorship area where somebody has the opportunity to um, to fill out the form and add themselves as a corporate sponsor, right? So if tests are 120 bucks a piece, you might have Jimmy's Ford dealership say, hey, I'll pay for I'll pay for 10 tests for the community, uh, you know, and they can put up 1200 bucks. Uh, and then we would distribute those funds that are sort of raised um, to the people who can't afford the test. People who legitimately can't afford it, um, just like with any of these programs, if you can afford it, you know, pay your way um, on the same form down at the bottom, you put in your, your contact information uh, and then you can select which of the six tests you want, credit card pay, uh, and then you get a booking link to book your, your 10 minute time slot. So my accountant's gonna hate me. Um, this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be an accounting nightmare when the time comes to be honest, but whatever. So that's what we're trying to do is, um, is, is just allow um, those who maybe made it through this okay and have a little bit of, of, of extra money and, and believe in a cause to, to put up some funds to help pay for tests for other people who can't just to try and give, get this test you know, to as many people as possible. And um, we'll see how the response is, right? Um, it's, it's nice with, with some communities you work with organizers that are big on Facebook, but they don't really have the pull with, with town council or chamber, you know, chamber of commerce or local MLAs. It's really a win when we can work with somebody who's, who's near the top an MLA or, you know, town mayor or something like that, that can really drive this from the top down and, and, and rally support around it. So uh, we really hope that through a combination of pocket pay and corporate sponsors stepping up that we can really get everybody a test that wants to get a test. So on that corporate sponsorship note, uh, I found out recently that within Alberta, there are 2000 people or corporations that could easily cut a check for a million dollars and pay for something like this and never even miss it. So that's my challenge. If you are a, uh, a, a capitalist, a business person, a CEO of a big company, and you don't like what's going on and how this is affecting your business, cut a big check, help some, pe help some people out, make a difference. Um, if, if we can get this thing off the ground, we are going to make a difference. And they tell us to follow the science and trust the science. Well, if we can show that the science uh, uh, should should have the province open up, then uh, let's make it a very loud statement. And lastly, uh, if you are sending messages about how do we get this in your town? Uh, how do we get i -Corps to come to our town? Step number one, do some work, get the information out there and get a group of people who's interested. You're going to need to rally the community around this idea and have the people in place beforehand. How many people do you need to book to bring a clinic to a town, Mike? 
you know, if we do if we do six appointment spots at a time, you can put through about three hundred, um, three to four hundred appointments in a day. So we'd like to see sort of three hundred people um, per day. The Lacrete the Lacrete job was twelve hundred people over the course of three and a half four days, um, and I'd say that was a nice sized job. We don't want to ask our people to to work out of, away from their homes for more than more than that, and we're trying to rotate them. So I would say minimum of three hundred. If you can get three hundred people together, you know, we'll send one or two of our reps. If you have some some local MLAs from your town. Um, that can assist with blood draws and, and, um, and you know, and, and session examples. I mean, that's how this is going to go. So, so do the work, uh, rally within your communities, um, get some corporate sponsors for God's sake, like do the work one or two people can't do it all, but, uh, a whole bunch of people can do a lot. So that's, I think we're, are we just about out of time here, Mike? You have another engagement, I think, right? I do. Yeah. And I was just reading a few comments come in. Uh, I think. The, the one I want to address is that no, the province does not recognize this test, right? The province does not recognize this test. So a few comments were like, what's the point of it? If the province does, it doesn't give you a pass, it doesn't. You're right. You might end up spending 120 bucks to, to get your antibody test. It may either come back negative because you've never had COVID or your antibodies might clear, or you might come back with a full 250 and say, I've had natural immunity. And the government might say, I don't care. But the point of this is to try and prove out herd immunity for communities, which is what they talked about right at the top when Dr. Tam was like, if we hit 75%, we're good to go. And then it became 85, 95, whatever. So the purpose is to say, maybe we're not all protected, but we have 80 to 85% of our population that is either vaccinated or has seen this and have natural protection. And you at least have data to make the case to your local government, your local MLAs to say, please look at this, please consider this. That's what the point of this is. I understand the hesitation on paying for something that doesn't guarantee you anything, but the other side of this is that we have another year and two vaccines later before we're out of this. Who knows, right? Well, there is another thing that uh, people need to consider, and that is that our province is not recognizing our um, inalienable rights, freedoms, and privileges under the Constitution and the Charter. So if you're going to spend your life worried about what the, what the authorities are going to recognize or if they're going to listen to you, you might have a difficult life. Um, not that my life has been easy, but... Sometimes you just got to take you, you just got to take the initiative and do what you know is right and trust that eventually truth will prevail one way or another. That's my advice. Absolutely. Anyway, thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate you yeah, uh, coming on and speaking to us. We had a really good viewership. I'm hoping that we answered um, all the questions people had. If you don't, if you didn't get an answer to question, I'm just looking at your website here, Icar Blood Services. It looks like there's a chat feature there. Is that fairly well monitored? Uh, it is uh, at, at, at the at the peril of of drowning our customer service reps. Um, the live the live chat bot does have a lot of pre populated questions. Um, if somebody is specifically representing a community that sort of is organized and you have that support already and you're kind of ready to go, so to speak, um, get in touch with Chris. Chris can get you my email and we can we can connect directly and I'll take I'll take that on myself. Um, if it's just general inquiries, there's a lot of information on our website. You know, the sample reports on the website, you can you can Google the test and find it on mayocliniclabs.com. I think it is. And you can read about the test. But um, try and not try and not hammer us with phone calls and emails just with general inquiries if you don't mind because it's already hard it's already hard enough on our uh, on our team so what i'm going to do to help with that is i think i'm going to ask carrie to uh embed some links in our webpage. we're also going to create some titles and some headers in our forum section so that people in different communities could maybe post a thread drayton valley icor three hills icor whatever and then people can discuss and coordinate and organize within that forum um we'll do whatever we can to get the information out there and help connect people as well as we've already uh, committed to um, 
donating five thousand dollars to the Three Hills Pop Up Clinic, which to the to the no, it's just, that's amazing. We'll put, we'll put that to good use. But, but anyway, yeah, that's what we're doing. So if you if you're a uh, if you got the money to spare, do what you can, chip in, get the information out there, and let's uh, let's take back this province because we are stronger together. And on that note, uh, thanks again, Mike. Uh, enjoy your time in Mexico. I'm very jealous, as are a lot of Albertans, even though we're getting Mexico weather right now. It's plus two, but we don't have the beaches. So. Yeah, you bet. Take care, everybody. Okay. Thanks, Mike. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, Mike from Icor Blood Services. Um, I still see there's a lot of questions popping up in the chat window here. Uh, I, a lot of them I don't really have the time to answer right now. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to really work on getting this information on our webpage um, and pushing it so that people start paying, paying attention. Uh, and, and for those of you that are wondering why I'm doing this, uh, Justice Adam Germain told me that I needed to follow the science. I needed to do my part. And so that's what I'm doing. Um, the overarching issue here is that when they rolled out this vaccine campaign, this jab campaign, they told us once we have 80% of the province, actually, I think it started at 75. Once we have 80% of the province immunized against COVID-19, this all ends. Some of us said, no, it won't because just like the flu, no, COVID's not the flu, but it behaves in a similar fashion. Just like the flu, people get the shot, people get sick, they get sick the next year or two years after that, whatever. It doesn't end because that's just the way these viruses work. But they told us that at 80%, we would be free again. At 80%, we have no more restrictions, business as usual, treat COVID like the flu. Words right out of Dina Hanshaw's mouth. Now they're telling us that we have to get boosters basically every six months. And that is right from the, the, the manufacturer's mouths. Pfizer said, that the first two shots don't protect you, you need the booster. Well, guess what? That is not going to end. So we need to use their words and their game against them. Their word says 80% and we're good to go. Let's show them that Alberta is protected with herd immunity, be it from natural infection or, uh, or man-made jabs. And we're not the only people that are speaking out for this. There are a lot of people advocating for um, people that have natural immunity, but are still being refused services. And one of the biggest proponents of that is Mr. Paul Brandt. So Paul Brandt used to be a nurse. So he, he, he is well aware how these things behave. Um, he knows the science behind it. And yet Paul Brandt is one of the people that is being discriminated against in our society because he refuses to take a job uh, that he doesn't need. So, there you have it. Let's use their own words against them. Uh, let's work together as communities, connect with each other, uh, connect with some sponsors and get this thing off the ground. And no, you can't be, you can't expect me to come to your town and set this up for you. You have to take the initiative and do this for yourself. I'll encourage you, motivate you and do what I can to facilitate this, to help connect people. But at the end of the day, you all have to, in your own communities, be like LaCrete and take care of each other and do what you know is right in order to help your friends and neighbors. And by doing so, you will help your friends and neighbors across the province. 
So uh, thank you very much, everybody, for watching. I really appreciate it. I hope you uh, enjoyed that and your questions were answered. And like I say, if you have any other questions, please use the forums at WS Full Steam Ahead, the chat feature at icorblood.ca. Um, or if it's very pressing or you have a group and you want to book something like this, get a hold of me and I'll connect you with Mike and we'll make this happen. So thanks again. Uh, have a great day. And we will see you tonight around 6 p.m., I believe, for another live stream with... Uh, with some very cool people talking about some very important issues. Talk to you later.